The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medianomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the late 1980s, I began to write about the messages of Our Lady, and I remember writing one piece that talked about get off the fence. I began to see in the messages through prayer that Our Lady was coming here to make us decide which way we're going to go. She wants us to go to the light, and she doesn't want us to go to the darkness. But of those two narratives, she does not want us to stay on the fence. Because through the 60s and 70s and 80s, that's where we were, on the fence. We're going to have to decide which side we're going to jump on. In other words, a fence does what? It divides. It keeps separate. Diversity is an evil thing because if we stay amalgamated in mentalities diverse without separating our mentality to go in one way or the other, 
and we all have different beliefs all together, it pulls us all down. There's a purity that Jesus is seeking through his mother. And that purity is often misidentified. Yes, we got the purity of flesh. Yes, we got the purity of the heart. But there's also a purity of the way we live and the way we walk out through our daily life. And it's impure when you stay with others. In other words, you walk with those who live like pagans will affect you and walk in pagan ways. You can't hang around with trash and not get dirty. You can't hang around holy people and not be affected by it. So there is a division happening. Diversity is from the devil. And many people have such a positive image of diversity and that it's cheek to be diverse which is garbage. As Christianity grew, they grew in one mentality. See how they loved each other. And they came in a common belief. The devil wants us to have all kind of beliefs. A little bit in God, a little bit of this. He wants our belief in Christianity to be impure. And indeed we have this. And it's an amazing thing that this writing was written going on 30 years ago, and several times I wrote about this, that we have to decide where we're going to go, when that wasn't even evident at that time. And now we hear and we see evangelicals are splitting up right now. We see conservatives are splitting up right now. Evil side on the left and darkness, they're still one. But we see a separation of camps that always have been for certain things, whether it's election or the Republican Party or evangelicals or even Catholic bishops. There's a division. And they give a message saying that priests are against priests. And so we have this. Why? Because it's necessary to come to a purity of oneness, not tainted by diversity which lessens the power of our Christian walk. And so there's several things demonic today that we have to separate from. You have people who want utopia. They want to make everything beautiful. They want to be the world going around and everybody's one. We're not one in this nation and we're dividing more. And that's a good thing because there's going to be two sides. The stronger will prevail. Doesn't have to be a majority. It's those who live the doctrine with purity that prevails. The following is an excerpt from an article titled, Is Globalism Actually Demonic? Wallace Henley has studied globalism from inside out. He said, Globalism is today's Tower of Babel. Enthusiasts seeking a humanistic utopian movement where humans are paying allegiance to the secular kingdom. Henley calls them Babylists, and they're seen weaving their evil plans in the early pages of the Bible. In Genesis, they said, Come, let us build a tower. They said to God, No, let's stop from being scattered. Let's build a utopia here. And that was the point of the Tower of Babel, Henley said. That spirit is still very much alive in the world today. Henley was recently quoted 
in the Christian Post saying, Christians can protect their values much easier when there are national borders, but under global governance, Christians are more vulnerable. Hungary Prime Minister Viktor Orban said it best, Henley said. He said, there are historical roots that we need to protect, and that should be the concern of every nation. Henley interviewed Jamie Glazov on this subject, and Glazov noted that the leftist globalist movement comes camouflaged as humanitarianism, but there's something evil underlying that. It all goes back to power, Henley said. Who is going to have power over the whole of the world? And the only way you can have that kind of power is to make sure it is a unit that can be seized instead of a world where there are value systems that hold out and resist. Henley said as the years passed, he became more reflective of the things he had seen while working in the White House and later as a congressional aide on Capitol Hill. He began to see the repeating pattern of history with destroyers and deliverers. The destroyers seek the destruction of civilization. This force has long been operative in the world, he said. At some point, that cycle will come to its grand climax in the destroyer and the deliverer. The spirit of the Antichrist is clear. Anti not only means opposition, but also means imposition. So the spirit of Antichrist is to oppose the kingdom of God and to seek to impose itself in the place of Christ on the throne of the whole world. And this is the spiritual dynamic behind this whole enterprise we are watching right now of how shall the world be parceled out, he said. How shall the world be established? How shall the borders be destroyed? That's what we see playing out today. And so it is. Globalism is part of this whole scheme. We know the Antichrist will be that way. You'll neither be able to buy nor sell. It's all got to do with money. And so we have a system right now, economically, where we see everything coming and falling apart. We're there. It's not tomorrow. It's now. Your tomorrow is going to come to you in the present that the decisions you make today, how you'll be affected. I was alerted to an interview that was done by Glenn Beck that is excellent to speak to us about this in regards to where we are financially. It doesn't matter who's the next president in regards to what happens. Don't make a mistake. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. It does matter, but it doesn't matter as far as events are going to happen and what the next president will have to deal with in regards to whoever's elected. They're going to go through a dark period. And this was being said from here two or three years ago. The next president has been stated that it's not about who can run as president, but who can crash the plane the safest way to crash. We're headed for problems. This interview that we'll play now explains this much more deeply. Harry Dent, author of the new book, The Sale of a Lifetime, editor of uh, uh, Economy and Markets at harrydent.com. Welcome, Harry. How are you? Yeah, nice to be back, Glenn. In the 1980s, um, you kind of woke up to the stock market cycle, uh, and you uh, began to track this in a different way than everybody else. 
and you called the bubble of the 90s, you called the bubble uh, of uh, the early 2000s and 2008, um, and I've been following you for a while, and the one that is coming is gigantic. Would you agree? Yeah, it is, because, you know, we had two natural bubbles um, with the tech bubble and internet, and then with the baby boomers peak in spending, which was in the 2007, which, we, like you said, we predicted 20 years before that happened, that we'd have a greater boom than anybody thought, but then it would peak around 2007, and of course, we've had quantitative easing ever since to try to ease the pain, and, and it still didn't work, but now we've got a third, and what I hate about it, totally artificial bubble that's all about printing free money, you know, $12 trillion of free money printed around the world. And, and, and since zero interest rates were not low enough, now we've got to go negative in more and more countries. This is insanity to, to just force people to keep uh, buying back their own stocks with companies or, or borrowing that little bit more or speculating more of traders and stuff. And that's all we're growing on. And so this is much more dangerous. And I call this the third and final bubble. And, and when we peaked in the 60s and early 70s, we had three higher highs in the market and three um, uh, bigger crashes. And of course, the last one, 73 to 74, was the big one. And that's what I'm seeing here, that, that 2017 to 2019 approximately is going to be the time when we see a crash that's bigger and deeper than 2008 and nine, And it actually puts us into more of a depression than just a great recession as we saw back then. Because when you, when you grow debt two, two and a half times GDP for 40 years, you're going to have a debt bubble, and that's going to cause financial asset bubbles and stocks and real estate and commodities and everything else. And those bubbles are going to have to unwind. They have to, or you can't go forward in life. The economy can't move forward. So we've been putting this off now for seven, eight years, which means it's like a drug addict taking more and more to keep from coming down from the high. When you finally get hit and go to detox, it's not going to be pretty. But, you know, a lot of people have um, taken this hit. Greece is probably the, the, the biggest. They've taken their hit. Um, or G- Germany, um, they're still out of control, but they're still thinking that they're going to now bail in. China spends more and more money. I mean, in your book, you talk about these ghost cities that are, I mean, I was, I was struck by this. The, Chang, the Changsha Sky City Sky Dream, you write, it was meant to become the world's tallest building at 2,749 feet, 202 stories, built in the shortest time. Imagine building a 202-story building. The Chinese wanted to build it in 90 days. Yeah. Uh, we built the, the first prefab skyscraper. <laughs> it's now a fishing hole. Yeah. Exactly. The whole thing was stopped and collapsed, and now they just, the big hole in the ground where the foundation was, They've just filled it with water and the locals are using it to raise fish. But anyway, there's another country completely out of control. Um, You know, it's worse than that, Glenn. Now the latest thing, Shenzhen, which is the most bubbly large city there, they're now selling apartments, 66 square feet, the size of a decent closet, for $132,000, seven to ten times the income of the people in that city to get a closet to live in. I mean, if that's not a bubble, I don't know what is. So, 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 Harry... Um, the the whole thing looks like it's coming down. Is there going to be any yeah. system that survives? 
Well, what happens at a time like this? I mean, this is when you can't listen to your stockbroker, even a good financial advisor, because every you're going to have a big reset. We've had bubbles and everything from this endless low and zero interest rates and endless stimulated economy and printing of money. I mean, this is always going to happen when this happens throughout history. So. So everything has to reset. We even have a bond bubble. Normally, treasury bonds would be a safe place to go longer term, but they're going to have to at least correct it first from their own bubble, from, from central banks pushing down their yields to zero and negative before they can grow again. And then stocks have to come down and real estate commodities have already crashed. And I've been telling people for years, when bubbles burst, it's not 20, 30, 40%. It is 70, 80, 90. And commodities have already collapsed 70 to 80%, proving that when bubbles burst, they, they crash. They don't just go down slowly and they don't just correct. And that's going to have to happen to everything else. So there's nowhere to hide. So the thing to do is you just get out. I mean, I went short yesterday. I'm, I'm with HSBC. We, we said, hey, we're, we're looking like we're going to break a key trend line up, which we did this morning, and, and the markets could be starting to, to crash again. And, and I never know exactly when it's going to happen, and the market never makes it easy, but it is going to be nasty. And one of the other things we've warned people, and every, almost every bubble has had this happen, especially in stocks, the first crash, even though the bubble is going to end up going down 80% on average, the first crash is going to be 40 to 45% in two to three months. And that happened in China last year. That happened in 1929. That happened in the, in the tech bubble. It happened in the Nikkei bubble in Japan. And that's what we do in this book. We look at all major bubbles in history and say, look, these are not black swans when they crash. They build predictably over a period of time. They grow exponentially. But then when they crash, they crash at least twice as fast. And, and, and half of that happens in the first two to three months. So you're an idiot if you don't get out a little bit early. If you want to wait until it's proven, you're going to be down 40% before you can react. That's not good investment strategy. So, um, Harry, I've, let's just say, you know, I'm the average person. I don't have a, uh, you know, I have a 401k or if I have a stockbroker, I, I barely even know his name. Right. Um, and I go to the stockbroker and they're going to say, look, keep it in. You know, this is long term. You're going to lose money now, but you're not planning on pulling it out for another 20 years anyway. You leave it in. Yep, and that is why you cannot listen to these people now. 80% of the time or more, that is right. But I tell people all the time, when you see a major long-term generational spending wave peak, like in 29 or 68, and especially when you see a bubble like 1929, 1929 crash was 89% in stocks in less than three years, and it took 24 years to get back to even. If you'd have been a retiring person with a 401k plan back then, uh, you would have been dead before you got back to even. So that is not, they don't, stocks don't always come back. Not when you see a major bubble burst and or when you see a long-term trend. Even in 68, that was not as much of a bubble boom, but when the Bob Hope generation stopped spending and when inflation and OPEC set in, it took 54 years to get back to even on that. Manhattan real estate. It crashed the most in the 30s. The greatest city in the world, supposedly, which people would think can't go down, took into the mid-50s even longer than stocks to get back to even. So you have to get out of the way. And what we do in the book is we say, look, there's going to be different sectors over the next two, three, four, five years. They're going to crash and bottom. And, and, and you know, 
we show models for bubbles to show, okay, you can know about how much downside there is. In real estate, it's more like 50 to 60%. In stocks, it's more like 70 to 80. In commodities, 80 to 90. When you see that bubble get erased, then you can get back in long term and listen to your financial advisor again. But right now, they will tell you the wrong thing. I can guarantee you. They'll just say, it's all right. You're diversified. Diversification didn't help in 2008 and 9, and it will help less now. And this is the final bubble crash because there's no way the Fed can pull this stunt again. If we go into a worse downturn, they're going to lose all credibility. So you got to just got to get out of the way. And then I'm so, just saying, look, we have four major indicators, which you mentioned a lot of them earlier, that all point down the same time into late 2019, early 2020. We just got like about a three-year period here of extreme danger. After that, you can feel better about stepping back in. But, hey, what, what's it to miss three years of stock gains when the stock market, by the way, has gone nowhere uh, in, in the last couple of years and commodities have only gone down? So, so it's bubbled up so much that we think there's less to miss. And Baron Rothschild always said, the secret to my wealth was I always sold a little early. Harry, you say that you have cash on hand. Yes. I, read a, I read a story yesterday that, um, you know, cash is crashing everywhere. Uh, and it's crashing because the central banks can't control it anymore. Our own central bank, the Federal Reserve, uh, has a white paper out, an internal white paper that was uh, released that shows that if this next recession hits, to make any impact, they believe they have to print $4 trillion in bailout stimulus money. Um, and they said, we're not even sure that would work. Uh, I mean, what happens to cash? Well, and, Are you and, concerned and it, about cash? You, one of the things we show in the book is I show all how the, the total financial assets, loans, um, you know, mortgages, stocks, bonds, everything is about $300 trillion, far beyond stretch any time in history. Can't even compare it. That's $300 trillion, and in a time like the 1930s when these bubbles deleverage, I'm talking about minimum $120 trillion in financial assets disappearing and not coming back for a long time. So I would say if the central banks want to offset the next downturn, they're going to have to print $100 trillion or more worldwide. I don't think they can get away with that. So, so four trillion would not be enough. They so don't what, know what they're talking about, because they're just trying to slide by and keep the bubble going until they retire from office, like Bernanke or, you know, Obama now and any other president. Everybody just wants to push this thing down the road until the next administration or, or Fed chairman comes in, because somebody's going to have to take the consequences. You don't get something for nothing. If there's nothing I've learned in life, that's the number one lesson. You don't get something for nothing, and we've had the biggest something for nothing economy for decades, but particularly since the financial crisis in 2008-9 when we've been living on printed money. You can't solve a debt crisis by creating more debt and printing more money, because that's how you got there in the first place, printing money through debt. This is crazy. Harry, do you believe that you can trust the banks to keep your money in? No, because they lend money out. And, and they've got all types. Of, I mean, Deutsche Bank is down 92% since its peak in 2007 and continuing to go down because they've got $55 trillion in derivative exposures, you know, uh, four times or whatever, six, six times the GDP of Germany or whatever, um, and bad loans uh, in, in Italy and bad loans in Germany, bad loans with frackers in the United States. They, they, you know, Italian and German banks and more and more banks have bad loans, and when those loans go bad, they've only 
only have 10% capital, which Deutsche Bank now only has 3% because they've been yes. battered, and, and you start losing money on loans, and all of a sudden, oops, you don't have the money to give depositors back because they lend against your deposits. And they're your deposits, not theirs. They don't just raise capital and lend out money. That's what a, a normal financial institution should do. They pledge 10% of our deposits. And then, like in the Depression, when those loans go bad, they're like, well, you know, we said we had your deposits, but we actually don't. We lost it. We lent it out 10 to 1 to your reserves and deposits, and we never, and we didn't get it back. I only so, have 30. So you can't. You have uh, to have I, your money in a brokerage account. I prefer to be with an independent um, firm that only does transactions, does not invest in investment banking or speculate in the markets right. or lend money for mortgages online or anything. Right. And, and you just have your money in your own name. They cannot lend against an account in your own name. They can lend against your um, checking okay. or savings account. Uh, Harry, Harry, I've, I've got literally 10 seconds. I need a yes or no on this. Do you think this bubble is going to happen fast enough to affect the election? Um, possibly, because we just made a big break today. So okay. we could be down 10% in a matter of weeks. And yes, a, a, a down market helps the outsider okay. like Trump, and it hurts the insider like my, Clinton. We've said that for a long time. My grandfather, um, my grandfather lived through the Depression, and he always said the people who made money during the Depression were the people that had money during the Depression. They got their money out. Exactly. That's the premise of Harry's book, The Sale of a Lifetime, available everywhere now, The Sale of a Lifetime. Harry, oh, good, always good to have you on, and thank you so much for the warning today. So Harry says, you're an idiot if you don't get out of the stock markets now. Don't listen to your financial advisor. He said, diversification is not going to work. It didn't work in 2008. So what's your decisions you need to make now? Those who got out, Beck just said, his grandfather said, those who got out of stock markets, those who got out of everything early, were the people who had money. And the only people that made it in the Great Depression in 1929 was those who had money. It's a no-brainer. You don't need to keep your stock. You don't need to keep any of these things. You don't need to diversify because there's only one thing that has intrinsic value. That's silver and gold. And people don't put everything in there. Why not? You want to put it all in real estate? If you got a working ranch or working farm and a production of food, that's what that Wall Street's already said. The future goal is food, but you can't get there right now. So what do you do? How do you make your decisions? It's just common sense. Don't do what your financial says to do. We were in a meeting yesterday with a couple of Italians. And they were saying that no matter how much money you have, millionaire, billionaire, or peasant, the most you can take out of the Italian banks today, right now, is $1,000. $1,000 a day. Why? Because it would crash them. That's how close they are. We was recently at the U.S. Mint when we was at Independence Hall, and I was stunned what we saw. They can, they can do 50 million coins a day in the Mint. We saw them making quarters, pennies. But then we saw the signage. It says States Mint is a self-funded agency. Harry just said you don't get something for nothing. But listen what the Mint says. The United States Mint is a unique federal bureau because it pays for its own operating costs 
By using proceeds, it receives from selling coins to the Federal Reserve Bank and selling numeristic products to collectors. Wow, they're self-funded. Why? Because they're making money. What's behind it? Nothing. They're just stamping metal. It continues, the United States Mint sells coins to the Federal Reserve Bank at face value. I wish we could do that. But you can't get something for nothing because this catches up. It says the difference between production cost of the coins and their face value is called senior U. The senior U is then deposited in the Treasury General Fund to help finance our national debt. So they're taking the money to pay for the salaries, the building, the air conditioning, the machines, the metals they're having to buy on the rolls. And what's left is paying off the national debt or goes against the national debt. They're making money out of nothing, and you can't get something for nothing. So the United States Mint sells numismatic products to collectors at prices sufficient to recover their cost, thereby making this program completely self-sustaining so it operates at no cost to the taxpayers. Aren't you happy about that? Because that just is making the bubble. How do you get a whole federal bureau making more money than they need to pay for the cost and then putting it all in the debt? And we're going deeper in debt. You're crazy for being in the stock markets. He said, you're an idiot. I'm going to be nicer. Your 401ks is not going to be there. Take the hit on the penalty. Get it out. Pay the tax because the tax is not your money anyway. You got $100,000 and you're in a 25% tax bracket. $25,000 to $100,000. It does not exist. It's already the government's. So wipe that out. The penalty is what? 10000 So that leaves you... Uh, 65000 At least you got that. You put that in silver. You got something. Frank? The things that Harry Dent is talking about is why I'm speaking to as many people as I possibly can at, at this time. And these things we would even see as more serious than Harry Dent, as good as his work is, is because we have more information with Our Lady coming, and we know what Revelations 18 says after Babylonian errors fall. And they've never been more prevalent than they are today. And so this stimulus, whatever you call it, it, it it's not real. And so what is, is most important to us and what we have to understand is, as Our Lady said, that through prayer and fasting, you can avert the laws of nature. And we're literally here, when you and have this opportunity to complete what, what it is we need to do to prepare, because the laws of nature have been averted through prayer and fasting. Period. What he's talking about, $120 trillion disappearing in moments, and you have a global silver physical market of 100 million ounces available. $2 billion. I mean, this is a, a miracle. We've averted the laws of nature because people can't see what you're seeing. That's what we're here for, is, is to help you understand these things and, and to get away from the errors that are, are so prevalent today. And so I'm available for you. Call me and let me help you prepare in the, in the way that's necessary to prepare for our unique times. And, and the way that you would do that is you can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. 
And remember, you're going to sanctify your money. You're about to go through some dark things. This, this whole presidency will be under darkness. Everything's going to happen, and especially if the wrong person that they don't like get in there, which would be Trump, they would probably crash the economy on his watch anyway. It's all there. Everything's adding up. Mariana just recently put out publicly that we've moved into the time of the secrets. So think about China. They just built the Tower of Bible in 90 days. And it's gone. It's a fishing hole. We're there in the economy in the same way. So don't put your money just in anything. Put it in the miraculous metal measure go around. It's sanctified when you do that. And it will bring conversion. Make the dual purpose of which it was designed for and why we do this as a ministry. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Medjugorje. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.